0: Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Steve, in case we have not met and you're new. uh, I want to say thank you, first of all, for all those who generously gave to the Family Care Fund and to those who delivered the Thanksgiving meal bags. Uh, We heard some awesome reports from the crew that made the deliveries. And the impact of showing people Jesus was huge. So stay tuned. We're going to try to share some of those stories with you on social media. During that event, we even encouraged some of the families that may not have felt like they needed the blessing themselves to go ahead and pay that box forward to somebody else that they knew might need some help this Thanksgiving. So thank you, church. You again are my heroes. So appreciate uh, all that you did to make that possible. There are some Bibles under your chairs. If you don't have one, that's there for you. And if you would go ahead and fill out the Connect card that you were handed on the way in the door, put that in one of the offering baskets at the back of the room. Uh, we'll share a giving link for those who continue to support New Stanton Church faithfully. Uh, really appreciate your generosity. As we finish up the Culture Shift series this morning, I have to say this is probably my favorite message in the entire series. The t- title of today's message is Hope is not a plan. If you want God to work in your life, if you want to experience his presence and learn to trust him, hope is not a plan. If our culture is going to change, just hoping that it changes is not a plan. Two weeks ago, I said that changing our culture has to start with us because we are not responsible for or able to adjust someone else's life. It's easy to point the finger and say, those people need to change. But the likelihood of saying that, bringing about real change in somebody's life is really, really low. If you desire to change someone else's life, love them, and pray for them. Speak the truth in love, but then realize that the ball is in their court. Even if you agree that changing our culture starts with allowing God to change and work in your heart, you can't just hope things change, because hope is not a plan. For example, does anyone hope to be in better financial shape next year than this, with all this craziness? Uh, Do you hope your kids grow up to be followers of Jesus? Do you hope your marriage gets stronger? Do you hope that you lose weight? More often than not, hope is not a plan. God wants us to have skin in the game of that change in our lives. When I want something made out of wood, I do not go to my wood shop, which is off my kitchen, open the door, and hope something appears in my wood shop. And I don't keep going to the door and opening it up and go, ah, still nothing. Oh, still nothing. Why? Because that method doesn't produce anything. It's crazy to expect something to just magically appear in my woodshop. If I'm working in the woodshop and I'm not following a set of plans, I sometimes say, I hope this turns out because I'm just making this up as I go along. But that's not entirely accurate because I tend to have a rough idea of what I want to make in my head and what the object will be used for. I have a rough plan. This, this kind of rustic chair, for example. I didn't follow a set of plans. I wanted something really simple. I did it without measuring a lot of stuff. I did it by eye. But even though I didn't follow a set of plans, I had the concept in mind when I began. I wanted something to sit on, actually, while I reloaded ammunition. Yes, that's what this chair is used for. Um, the rough idea of the plan came, though, from other projects I had done similar to this. So not only did it not magically appear in my woodshop, <laughs> but I didn't really just start and hope it would turn out either. I, I had past experience I had tools, supplies, wood. Most importantly, I went into the wood shop and started cutting things and making sawdust. Sitting on my couch and hoping this chair would appear in my shop, wouldn't cut it, pun intended. Working an action plan leads to things getting done. Now, hope is important because hope can provide the drive and the motivation for change but action gets it done faith and hope are not passive the number there are a number of places in the bible that we can see this truth and the most famous is from the book of james you know it finish this statement faith without works is anybody Say I'm hearing impaired. You could be answering, and I might not hear you. <laughs> faith without works is dead. James 2.17 says, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But let's look at another example from the word this morning. This is 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. So prepare your minds for action. Get in the mindset that you're going to be doing something. And exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed into the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. You must act in a way that God desires. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. Peter is talking about putting hope into action and living and exercising self-control. He wants believers to stay on that narrow road that leads to God's salvation. That doesn't happen by hoping to stay there. It takes discipline and self-control. Self-control is sticking to a plan and choosing God's best instead of choosing what you or I want in the moment. Maybe I want to eat yellow cake with chocolate frosting every day for breakfast which in the past is like a really true story. <laughs> Guilty. That's, that's what I secretly want to eat for breakfast every morning. But I know that that's not God's best for me. And, and if I would start to eat like that again, like I would weigh 220 pounds in no time. Self-control is sticking to a plan and choosing God's best instead of what you or I want in the moment. To live into God's plan. We have to prepare our minds for actions and exercise self-control. My hope for, for us as a church is that we live obediently into the plans that God has for us so that his salvation will reign in every area of our lives. Where is God calling you to prepare your mind for action? Is it in your marriage, your dating relationship, your finances, the way that you parent? Is it overcoming some life-controlling habit? Is it simply to be more thankful or gracious or generous? This morning, I want to look at the book of Nehemiah and share some practical steps that we can take to put our hope into action because hope alone is not a plan for a culture shift in our lives. So number one, if you're taking notes, a culture shift can happen if we first define what God is calling us to do or define a problem. If you remember in the story of Nehemiah, his brother shows up with some other men where Nehemiah is at in Susa. And Nehemiah asks how things are going with the Jews who just recently settled ...back in Jerusalem. And this is their response in Nehemiah 1-3. They said to me, things are not going well... ...for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The walls of Jerusalem have been torn down... ...and the gates have been destroyed by fire. They just defined the problem for Nehemiah. But he doesn't know if he's called to do anything about it yet. And that's important. You and I are not called to fix every single problem that everyone experiences. And if you struggle with that, your spouse just secretly said, amen, under their breath. The walls around Jerusalem were down, which meant the people have no protection from their enemies, which were many. But from that moment, Nehemiah didn't just hope things would get better for his people because hope is not a plan. In the same way, whenever you see a problem in your life, you you can't come up with a plan until you define the shift that God is calling you to make, until you see the problem clearly. And until you see it, until you define it, until you label it, Unless you can get an accurate picture of what God is calling you to do, it's not going to get done. You cannot accomplish, you cannot reach, you cannot change what you cannot define. I'm not sure how your Bible is laid out. But when I go from Nehemiah chapter 1, where his brother and those people define the problem, when I, when I just turn the page... From 533 to 534 in my Bible, I see how Nehemiah starts to get a plan for action. And the rest of the book, Nehemiah is working this plan from God that he shared with the king. He's putting his hope into action. Let me get up in your business just for a little bit this morning. How long have you been stuck on page 533? How long have you been stuck just looking at the problem? How long have you known that something was broken and done nothing? Because hope is not a plan. What if God is calling you this morning to turn the page... To turn the page of your life and start working a plan for a shift. What if the goal is to go back to school so God can open new doors for you? What if the issue is your impulse control and God wants to use a a 12-step program to set you free? Maybe God wants to renew a relationship that you already know is broken. God can totally help you turn the page and work a plan if that's what he's calling you to do. Sometimes we get stuck on a page so long, it becomes the new normal. And we almost resign ourselves to the rubble and the disgrace of the walls being down, so to speak. We get comfortable being open to attack and feeling terrible. We get an er- And tell ourselves, you know what, it's never going to change. But if all things are possible in Christ, then he can help us start working a plan to change. And in doing so, he can bring glory to his name. One step is defining the problem and defining what God is calling you to do and being willing to turn the page. Step number two. A culture shift can happen if we seek God before we charge ahead on our own. Uh, I love the fact that before Nehemiah raced into action, he sought God in prayer. Look at Nehemiah 1.4 with me. When I heard this, Nehemiah said, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. But if you examine the text a little bit more closely, you can see that it was two or possibly three months before Nehemiah actually had a chance to go to the king. Some time passed before he got to turn the page. This wasn't a knee-jerk reaction where he made it up as he went along. Nehemiah sought God and worked out a plan in detail For months. Now, some people have been stuck on page 533 so long, like y'all need to just do it. (laughs) Just saying. You've been overthinking what to do for way too long. But if God recently helped you define a problem, called you to some goal for your life, you might want to pray and seek God for more than a day. Create an action plan with Jesus. Just watch you don't get stuck on page 533 for years and years and years. At one of the first churches that I served, there was a a dear lady who experienced a, a rough childhood. Her father was distant and abusive. And she told me that she was stuck for years in this bitter state of unforgiveness And as a result, she was distant from God because of her past. She just couldn't connect with her heavenly father after such a rough experience with her earthly one. She knew that it was God's plan to draw her closer, but it was difficult emotionally. She had so much resentment, bitterness, and anger, even with God, because of her childhood. She knew she needed to forgive her dad, who was at that point long gone. She just didn't know how. She was seeking God about it one day, and she realized that God wanted to be the father that she never had. He was calling her to that kind of relationship. That was his plan. In the months that followed, God set her free. From the prison of wishing that her past was different. That's powerful. Just, just let that soak in for a second. Forgiveness often means giving up the hope for a better past, which you cannot change, and choosing to forgive so that you can move forward. It, it was wonderful to see what God had done in that dear saint's life. She stepped into God's plan. She was a changed woman. She had such a wonderful relationship with Jesus. She was joyful and gracious and strong, and she loved her heavenly Father. I think it was really important in Nehemiah's case for him to seek God and his plan before he charged ahead on his own. And the reason I think that is because Nehemiah wasn't a construction worker. He was going to rebuild the walls and the gates of Jerusalem, but he was the cupbearer to the king, which meant he was like a professional drinker. It would have been so easy for Nehemiah to say, you know what, God, I, I can see the problem, but I am not qualified to do anything about it. I don't have the skills, resources, or tools. But God called Nehemiah, and Nehemiah prayed, and God revealed the plan. And then he gave him favor with the king. You see, Nehemiah was a person of character, someone who could be trusted. That would have been a requirement of his job, handing wine that was safe to the king. But that will preach, because God does not always call those who are equipped But he always equips those he calls. What is God calling you to? Has he defined the problem? Have you sought him about a plan? If he's calling you, he will equip you to do it. And lastly, number three, a culture shift can happen if we're willing to work God's plan. It is that simple and that complicated. Sadly, the work God wants to do in and through us is often limited to the work we are or are not willing to do as we cooperate with his grace. Hope is not a plan. You can join a gym. You can hire a personal trainer. You can get all the workout equipment you think you need, but if the alarm goes off at 5 a.m. and you roll over and go back to sleep, nothing is going to change. But if you get up and work the plan, God is going to do more than you ever thought possible. Isn't it awesome how one change that God prompts often snowballs into other changes in a good way? Moms, it's kind of like getting your kid to go down for bed at a decent hour. That win leads to your kids being in a better mood, which means they're getting better grades and you're not as stressed, which means you might have more energy to either go to the gym, talk to your spouse, or wake up for church on Sunday morning. It's amazing how many things can go right if we discern the call of God And do one step of the action plan at a time. Nehemiah starts working the action plan of God. And people were amazed at the results. A wall that had been down for 150 years went back up in 52 days. God silenced their enemies. He reestablished their national identity after years of being in exile. All that happened because Nehemiah heard the problem, discerned the call, and was willing to work the plan of God. Hope wasn't the plan. The challenge this morning is, where is God calling you to turn the page of your life? Most of us already know, right? We know the areas we're stuck. We just haven't talked to God about the plan that he wants us to work and actually started to live into it. Hope is not a plan. If we start working the plan of God, I believe he will open the floodgates of his blessing and it will snowball into so many areas of our life. Will you commit to turning the page this morning? If God is calling you to to work a plan, I want to challenge you to find one person, one person, and speak that plan to them. Tell them what God is calling you to do and let them pray for you. I'm going to pray for you, but tell one person in your life. If you're on the live stream this morning and, and you want to take that step, you can comment with, I'm going to turn the page, but find one person and share that and let them hold you accountable to stepping into God's plan for your life. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks that you have plans for us and that those plans are for our good and that you want to prosper us. God, you want us to have peace in our heart. And know without a shadow of a doubt that we are yours. You want us to be instruments of your grace and truth. God, there might be someone here this morning that has never walked into your plan of salvation for their life. And I just want to say that God sent his son. It it was his plan. He thought about it right from the very beginning. And his plan was to sacrifice his son for your sin. Everything you've done wrong, everything that you're ashamed of, everything that you're not proud of, Jesus took to the cross with him and died the death that you would have died because of those things. And all, all God asks, is that you acknowledge your sin and your brokenness and that his plan is the way to eternal life and to receive his son into your heart and the spirit will fill you and direct your steps. It'll take a while for you to know what that relationship is right like, but God will make you right with him right now. So I invite you to pray with me. God, I, there's lots of things that... I'm not proud of that. I know I've done that aren't pleasing to you. And if your plan was to send Jesus to bear and take the penalty and the punishment for those things, God, I'm all in. I want to, I want to be part of that plan so that I can experience the joy of your salvation. So God, fill me, use me. May I experience your salvation this very moment and every day forward as I walk with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name,